what you think, Fred. All right. Fred. <laughs> like, dude, you're an idiot. I'm doing very well, Janice. It's just going to be me and you or Eli and Zach going to pop in. Yeah. They'll talk every once in a while. But... <laughs> he was already here. Right away. It kind of, well, we're used to you atta- attacking us, so. Yeah. Sorry. Look at Let's just put it this way. Who do you see as the quarterback week one for the Green Bay Packers? I see. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Open Book here on Game On Wisconsin. As you can see, we are down one today with Zach, clearly having more important things to do on his schedule. But I am very honored to be joined by, as always, Jen. How you doing? How's... uh? your week leading up to the holidays and break and the new year's going. Yeah. I mean, I am ready for a 10 day break. That's for sure. I think everybody in the middle school is, you know, I kids are crazy. What can you do? But yeah, Yeah. luckily it makes for an easy week, just a lot of movies. And I mean, I, I love Christmas, so I'm just kind of antsy waiting for the holiday and I get to love Christmas a little extra this year because the Packers play so hopefully things go well and I can truly enjoy my holiday yeah (laughs) not gonna think think the negative though I don't do that I'm the optimistic one here (laughs) yeah things will go well and it will be a very merry Christmas for everyone but what's your uh what's your go-to Christmas movie then heading up to uh the big day um I am a big fan of the Jim Carrey the Grinch And every time I think of that movie, I truly think that it's the first movie I ever saw in theaters. I think my aunt took me to see it. So it's got a little bit of nostalgia, but that one's just a classic for me. So always got to watch that one. I mean, I love the Santa Claus uh, as well with Tim Allen. I love the Home Alone. Obviously, Elf is a classic. So Um, and then you got to go old school with like the really old claymation rudolph and frosty the so uh frosty Ooh. the snowman cartoon yeah i don't really know just kind of gotta see i don't watch a lot of movies but when it comes to christmas movies i have seen at least the important ones yeah so we've got chris going with elf being the goat which to a lot of people it definitely is it is one of the greater ones i'm sure i will watch that over the next few days i've already done Home Alone, got that knocked out, enjoyed it just as much as I felt like the first time. And uh, I just found out that they're either making like a fourth or there already is a fourth. Yeah, there's another one. Like, how is on, there a four no. to that series where it's about like forgetting your kid? How do you yeah, forget a kid four times? Exactly. It's just terrible parenting is clearly what it is. But I will not watch another one. You got to go with the original. After number two, that's it. The rest of them don't really exist. I've never even either. seen the second one. I've only seen the first, and I'm not going to ruin the Home Alone mm. franchise by seeing no, two, the second one. Second one is pretty, pretty I legendary. Because well. I think I've seen like bits and pieces, but I've never truly watched yeah. it in full. I would, I would recommend it. I, I enjoyed it. But uh, real quick, no, Zach, is he's not on the COVID list. Thank God. He, he's feeling good. He's just, uh, you know, has some other obligations to take care of tonight. But we will soldier on, as we always do. And yep. where we, no, get we the can't shows. even pull Andrew in to replace him because Andrew, Andrew is also absent yeah. today. Andrew's <laughs> so not it's, in. It's Zach. solely us two in charge of the show. Yeah, which so, means... It could be a disaster, but it'll be fun. We will do our best. But before we get into the Baltimore game and everything else, I got to give a shout out to, and let's throw this up here for everyone to see. And I'm going to botch the name of it, but. Sorry, Dakota. We should have asked you how to say it. There's the link to get open book merch. And I am not just saying this because this is open book. This is literally the most comfortable hoodie i own no seriously the clothes that you get like the first one i bought was my tie-dye banker shirt the bomb and banker one yeah and it's my favorite it was my favorite t-shirt and then i got to keep adding to it because the t-shirts are super comfy i haven't ordered a sweatshirt yet um 
but no so i 100 percent believe you this time with what you're saying yeah. because i do it know that like, they're super comfy yeah it has like this fleece lining on the inside i feel like i'm inside of like a goat i don't know what that means but it's super warm and comfortable so everyone again go to that link at the bottom of the screen get your open book merch any other game on wisconsin and everything dakota does really is great like the bomb and benkert shirt all that yep really good stuff and Chris brings up a great point here with the Artec Venture ad. So let's. Oh, I thought you were looking at his one below that. <laughs> this one. Oh, Eli lies. Yeah, I don't lie. I am a very truthful person. You know, people just can't handle the truth sometimes. It's a shame. But uh, speaking of the Artec ad, I will attempt. I was gonna say I already had to do it once. Yeah, Jen, I knew another thing. I knew you already do it once. So I said I will bite the bullet and try to live up to Zach's standards. I'm sure I won't, but I'm gonna try. <clears throat> gotta gotta clear the throat, much like Zach. All right. This show is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages turning their visions into successful companies since 2020. Artec Ventures helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. And if that, that might be my best, Zach. That was beautiful. I was pleasantly you. surprised with the, the enthusiasm. Very enthusiastic about today's show because we're coming off a thrilling victory over the Baltimore Ravens. And I think everyone in Packer Nation probably got a couple gray hairs and lost a couple years on their life in the fourth quarter there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I kind of had like this feeling that going into half obviously wasn't great. And then we started taking over and I felt real good about it. And then the fourth quarter happened and it went from zero to a hundred real quick, as they say. So Jen, take, take us through your emotions as that game went on and especially late into the fourth quarter there. Yeah, so, I mean, we obviously recorded earlier this week, so you're just going to have to deal with hearing a yeah. lot of repeats from me. Um, but, no, so I was not feeling super well this weekend, uh, just like a head cold, so I was pretty out of it on Sunday. Just kind of wanted to, you know, cuddle up in my recliner with my Packer blanket next to the fire and watch some football, and I was like, it was really hard for me to really focus in so mm -hmm. I really thought that, you know, maybe I'm just not feeling well, but no, that game wasn't as ugly as I thought it was. And mm -hmm. I mean, in a game, you know, we have to win out, but if they could win a little bit nicer, that'd yeah. be great. I mean, I'm all about the wins a win and it all looks the same in the uh, standings at the end of the day, mm -hmm. but my gosh, it should really not have come down to that. I didn't expect a blowout but I didn't expect it to come down to preventing a two-point conversion nor having to, you know, uh, cover an onside kick. So it was yeah. just, you know, I'm trying to focus, but I'm also having a tough time. And it's like things really aren't, you know, the offense looked fine. You know, they obviously there's a lot going on with the offense and obviously records being broken. So that was really thrilling to see, but it was just kind of like, I'm literally sitting there and my eyes are glazed over and I have no idea what I'm watching on the defense or, you know, special teams. I don't know why I'm still surprised at this point, but it was <laughs> yeah. just a really brutal game. And I have never wanted a game to end so bad in my life. I was literally just begging the clock to move faster because I couldn't handle any more of that game. I just needed it to be over. I didn't, you know, I love, I love the Packers to death, but I did not need 16 minutes of that game. I needed a shorter version. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. Probably something similar, but yeah, I, you're at least wearing a hat to cover your gray hairs. Yeah, exactly. I have a ton of gray hair going on. And that game, yeah, it was, like you said, I mean, a win's a win, but there are different kind of wins. And even without Lamar, like you said, I did not expect them to blow out the Ravens in Baltimore. It's just not something yeah. you're going to do. And it's like, I get, you know, you don't have a lot of tape on Huntley, but. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, there's no one. He, he did start a game earlier this year. He played a bit last year. And yeah, in general, like there was, in my opinion, just way too many open lanes for him to run. We obviously saw that with both of the fourth quarter touchdown runs. 
And uh, True North Packer fan brings up a good point. In the second half, once the Packers got up, it did feel like they were playing some softer coverage, especially on, on short yardage situations. They were just giving guys five to ten yards off the line of scrimmage, easy first downs, which you never want to do. For me, unless you're going up, I mean, Marquise Brown, I get it with his speed. you got to give him some room. But against Mark Andrews and some of their other receivers, you've got to be in their face at the line of scrimmage. Right. And Stokes has the speed to keep up with Brown, which we obviously yeah. saw, which was awesome. Yeah, Stokes had a phenomenal but game. That's the kind of defense where it's like you're playing to not lose and yeah. not playing to win, and that's what gets really frustrating in those moments. Yeah, you, you, you could play prevent defense when you're up three, four possessions and five minutes left in the game. You can't go prevent defense with 10 minutes left, even up by two possessions. Right. And we know it could have been three. Of course, Aaron Rodgers just barely missing Lazard in the end zone, which would have probably really been the dagger with like six minutes left in the game, maybe a bit more. But without I getting still, that, I stick with my conspiracy that yeah. he wanted to break the record at home. I didn't think he probably didn't think it'd come down to what it did, but you know, maybe he has enough faith in his team that they were able yeah. to get it done. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, that is true. So, unless anyone, in case anyone missed it, Aaron Rodgers tied Brett Favre for the most touchdowns in Packers history with 442, which is just an insane number. And, of course, there's plenty of football left to go. And we hope and expect to see that record broken this Saturday against the Browns, which is a game we will get to shortly. But sticking with the Ravens game, uh, and unfortunately, we just – we got to talk for a minute about the special teams because – it's just like that nightmare that never ends where every night it just keeps replaying and you think the next night you'll go to sleep and it'll be different and it's not different. It doesn't matter the personnel. I mean, clearly they obviously have not made a coaching change, but whoever they're putting on the field, it hasn't seemed to matter. And I just have this sick feeling that at the worst possible time, this special teams could cost the Packers a game. And it's just, it's something that, it's almost inexplicable. I mean, we're 16 weeks into the season, and we've been talking about this just about every single week. Jen, can you return punts? Can you can you cover a punt potentially? I mean, I, I know mean, you got- I, I was a center fielder on my varsity softball team, so I do know how to track a ball and catch. Uh, okay. I don't know to the extent of catching a football that's going maybe like 40, 50 yards. Yeah. Um, but, you know, can I really be much worse than what I'm seeing? No. I, but then again, do I really want the special teams curse on my shoulders? Because I think that, you know, somebody sold their soul, probably some Bucks fan who wanted to yeah. see a championship, sold their soul to the devil, and this is the cost, is bad special teams. So yeah. somebody out there, you know, I, I don't understand how it can be this bad without there being some kind of voodoo behind it. Because it's yeah. ridiculous when you have bets yeah. like Randall Cobb back there, and then he has an issue yeah. Or, you know, Mason Crosby was having some issues earlier, and it's like Boho, you know, shanking a couple. And yeah. it's just, you know, we talked about this earlier in the week, but the last thing I want to see on special teams is having to put our star players out there, like Jones and Dylan and Douglas, and yeah. putting them in a position where they could end up getting hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, Joe and I on the same – wavelength here because it's terrifying how many people get I mean we saw it with Kylan Hill earlier I don't want to see a repeat of that I mean losing him was already tough for special teams but I don't want you know Aaron Jones who has already had some injury issues this year to go back there and you know we've seen guys on special teams this year I can't remember who it was uh was it I can't remember somebody took a really cheap shot at some point I don't remember if it was special teams or not maybe I'm completely thinking of the wrong play no but no it does sound familiar i'm having a hard time know, like savage or something but yeah savage on the onside kick okay i was like why would savage be out there i might be yeah. you know maybe i'm still yeah. a little sick and not thinking yeah clearly, they, but they go for the onside kick and the bears didn't even go for the ball they just went for savage's head right and, and if you're playing a team that is playing for nothing and I, you, I don't like to think that guys are out there to hurt other guys, but, you know, things happen in the heat of the moment and you get frustrated uh-huh. and you do something stupid. I don't want 
one of our guys to be on the receiving end of one of those incidents. So it's really frustrating. You just want them to be able to get special teams on track without having to risk guys that you need in the long haul on your offense or defense. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who to blame. I really don't. I don't know if it's the coaching or the players not doing their part or, you know, probably a big mixture of both, but something just isn't working. And I think that we're all frustrated enough where we, you know, we don't have to talk about it too much, even though I just rambled for like 10 minutes about it because it's still just a complete joke. (laughs) It's mind boggling. And yeah, I do think it is a mixture of both the players and the coaching. And that's what makes it tough because if you're able to just pinpoint one player, that's been an issue. Maybe you could fix that, but I do think it's been a, a whole combination. But here is a true North Packer fan said, it has been nice to see Mason, even if it's just extra points. Right. Over the last few weeks, it's not like he's just making extra points. He's been drilling them right down the middle. Any yeah. other field goal, I think it was it was not long. It was in the 30-yard range. But It's still, been nice it's, not having to really talk about Mason Crosby. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things where if you're not talking about Mason Crosby, it's because he's doing well. <laughs> exactly, which is what we want to see. And especially as we get down in the winter, kicks are always harder. I mean, there were a lot of times when I was watching the game with someone, and, I mean, it was windy, and I was just nervous. Like, even on the extra points, I'm like, let's just hope he gets this in. And every time it was right down the middle, and it was uh, it was nice to see Mason do that. And, of course, looking at the offense real quick, how can we not talk about Aaron Rodgers just looking absolutely surgical the for almost the entire game, outside of really that right. one throw to Lazard and, and that first throw to Devontae where he missed him a bit deep. He was, I mean, the throw to MVS, to me, I mean, that's almost like the throw to Jennings in the Super Bowl, just on the other side, you know, just the other direction, really. Right. You, it wasn't even pop when, when he threw the ball in my head. I'm like, this ball at the very least is being knocked down, potentially intercepted. And to see MVS come up with the catch, it was an incredible throw, incredible concentration by MVS to catch the ball. What were your thoughts about Rogers' performance and the offense in general? I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, on one hand, it's amazing and it's incredible, and it's you know, this put it on a pedestal kind of thing, but at the same time, on the other hand, it's like this is just everyday Aaron Rodgers. You know, we're lucky enough where this stuff is so normalized in our our football community, watching him do things like that. It's it's incredible to get to watch him week in and week out. Just, you know, you never know, can he get any better? And then he does stuff like that and it just blows your mind. And it's really nice to see MBS on the receiving end of those things because he has been somebody who is really starting to hit his stride. So mm-hmm. to get to see him in two huge plays with Rodgers, I think yeah. it's just, you know, every week we've seen Rodgers show more and more um, kind of like comfortability throwing to MVS. And he really wants to hit him on a lot of those shots. And he knows that if he can hit MVS just right with his speed, he's gone. So yeah. to be able to see him just like on, I don't even know if I'd call it like a string because I feel like that doesn't do that throw justice, you know, just like through like a black hole where he kind of just released it and it showed up in MVS's hands because I don't understand how else that ball gets there uh, without like, you know, from like, you know, Doctor Strange with his like little, this little thing and then like the ball is here and then it's it's there. That's like what it is. Yeah, I really wish uh, we could bring up the clip, but unfortunately that is not possible at this moment. But uh, yeah, as I was saying, I was watching the game with someone. I was watching the game with Mariah, who, by the way, Jen, would love to hear you say the word Minnesota at some point throughout this show, because, uh, yeah, so Jen, where are you Why from? Why do you roast me to her every day? No, absolutely not, absolutely not, but, you know, just Minnesota-wise, um, yeah, we're all big fans of Minnesota, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, start holding my O's with my stuffy nose. And yeah, <laughs> exactly, and... That sounds super fun. Yeah, as uh, Chris said here, I am very happy with my preseason Aaron Rodgers MVP bet because right now he's at plus 110. I got him at plus 1,000. So let's hope Rodgers can finish the season strong. Maybe we'll get everyone some open book merch here because uh, that would be a nice win for me. To be fair, I predicted last year's before he even stepped on the field. So 
Jay, I have yeah. the receipts for that one. You know, it's a but... shame because last year was the first year in probably about five or six years I did not do a preseason bet on him for MVP. And then, of course, he wins the MVP. So this year I went extra hard. Even when he wasn't on the team yet, I was like, you know what? I'll be honest. It was like late at night. I think I've had maybe one too many beers. And I was like, I don't care. Someone was, I was seeing something on Twitter where he's not coming back. He's done. He's not coming back. And in my head, I'm like, you know, I'm going to prove it that he's coming back. So I'm going to bet money that he's going to win MVP, even though it means nothing. But uh, I'm very happy, obviously, he came back. He's playing at an MVP level, in my opinion. He's the clear front runner right now. I think the last three right. weeks, things could they change? Sure. But as of today, he is the front runner. And um, Jenna, I like this here. Let's do a little quick prediction here. Oh, I already know this one. You know this one, so go ahead. It's gonna be big dog. Oh, I, yeah, right. I feel like big dog been, has been just you know, every time big dog catches a pass, he you know, he's putting spin moves on guys. I don't know how he moves the way he does yeah. when he's such a large man, yeah. but he he wants those extra yards and he wants those touchdowns. He's just coming up short. So I have no doubt that Rodgers is going to hit Mercedes for his 443rd, I believe mm -hmm. it would be, touchdown. And yeah. Lambo is just going to, like, I'll be able to hear the barking from here. Yeah, exactly. that's how amazing it's going to be. <laughs> that would absolutely not surprise me. It seems like they've been dying to get him in the end zone for a few weeks now. Yeah, and he's always like a yard or two short. Yeah, I was shocked. Really frustrated. That the fact that that, I think it was the corner or safety, whoever it was that made that tackle on, on, on Mercedes at like the two-yard line, I mean, I was expecting him to walk in. Like that was a very impressive tackle on someone the size of Mercedes Lewis. But I right. do like that prediction for me. Um, there you go, Chris. I mean, probably got to go with, with Devontae, not just because it's the obvious one, but because, you know, I know last year he hit Devontae, uh, versus the bears. It was week 16, I believe it was to get a record, uh, last year he hit him and, and, oh, and then again, versus the bears, uh, two weeks ago, he hit him to break the record. Uh, wait, what record? He broke... Which record was it? I remember there was something that he wanted, like they, it was first and goal and they threw it against the Bears. And Devontae did that fake fade, then he did the slant. Right. I remember there was something where it was like Rodgers did that. It was something about maybe touchdown. Oh, the, the touchdowns versus the Bears. The most touchdowns. Okay. Okay. I think it was the 61st against the Bears. So I'm going to go with Devontae. And yeah, you of course, you do have 400 going to Devontae as well. So Wait, that's just... Devontae makes sense. I do... You know, if Cobb wasn't hurt, he would definitely be a contender for it. But, yeah, I mean, he just got these these connections with guys. Or if MVS, which he, after having a big game, unfortunately, yeah. went on COVID reserve, so he won't be playing. It would have been fun to see him get one since he's been kind of developing into that solid number two role. But, yeah, I think that it'll be really special if it goes to Devontae. But I also think it'd be really cool if it went to Mercedes. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be very, very happy to see Mercedes get, I believe, his first touchdown of the year and Rodgers' record-breaking one. And speaking, unfortunately, as you mentioned, MVS. I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, MVS being added to the COVID Oh, I, I thought you were going a different route. No, nope, never mind. Oh, oh don't worry. We're going to go there. We're going to go there very soon. No, no, we're not, we're not on the same wavelength right now, I don't think. Oh, well, don't worry. The other thing that I'm sure you don't want to be talking about will be brought up very shortly. Um, don't worry about that. But before that, uh, MVS, is MVS not back? No, from what I've seen, MVS is. So he it is possible he could play. I don't think it's likely. Especially but, on a short week when you're playing yeah. a Saturday game, it makes it, you know, a day tougher. Yeah, so I'm not expecting to see him out there, but... Look, the Packers beat the Cardinals without Devontae. They could beat the Browns without MVS, and that is no discredit to MVS. And um, speaking, though, amongst the injury-slash-COVID world, we do uh, have expectation that Kenny Clark will be back in the facility by Saturday for the game. So that's big because we all know he is really the what starts and finishes for the Packers right. from seven. Which there was a comment earlier that – I had talked about at some point, um, you know, just 
all the up the gut running. You know, we came into this game and I was expecting a lot of perimeter stuff because that's what seemed to be working for uh, Justin Fields. And, you know, the absence of Kenny Clark is huge in this run game. And it really showed against Huntley and uh, he was a, he's a very mobile quarterback. So whether it was him or Lamar, I think they would have done relatively the same thing in that sense. So I definitely hope that they have him back. Um, I don't know, you know, Cleveland's going through a lot of yeah. stuff right now. So we really don't know who is going to be out there. Um, I would assume that by now you'd hope that it'd be Baker, but yeah. I mean, we can't always assume stuff with what's going on. So um, you know, a little less mobile quarterback, but it would just be nice to kind of secure those things because Cleveland has a really good run game. So yeah, really having Kenny back would be huge for that run defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nick Chubb, regardless of who the quarterback is, Nick Chubb is yeah. a very scary running back to go up against without your Pro Bowl defensive tackle. And now that I have mentioned the Pro Bowl, I guess we got to jump and talk about today. They announced the Pro Bowl rosters. The Packers, to me at least, pretty shockingly, but Jen before the show did bring up some good points as to why. But the Packers had three players make the Pro Bowl roster, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Kenny Clark. Usually the Packers have more than three players make it, but obviously with guys like Jair, Zedarius, Elton Jenkins, all missing time this year, if not the whole season in Zedarius's case, that is going to be or uh, yeah, or David Bakhtiari, yeah. of course. And uh, but Chris actually, so anyone who missed it, Razul Douglas is actually an alternate. Which for someone who came into the team mid-season, played what six, seven games, maybe more by now, maybe seven or eight games, but still impressive that he that he made it as an alternate. I'm very happy with that. But we got to talk about the biggest snub in my opinion, of the whole Pro Bowl roster, being Devondre Campbell, not making it, which is beyond reason to me, Jen. I mean, when you saw it come out and his name wasn't there, I mean, for me, that was the first thing. I mean, Rodgers, Devontae Clark, you know, I pretty much immediately expected that. To not see Campbell was pretty shocking. What were your thoughts on that? It's like it's shocking, but it's not. I mean, every year, one of the best guys – isn't yeah. on that list. And it's really unfortunate. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter because he'll be playing somewhere else that weekend. True, but I mean, he's a guy where it's like, if he doesn't get this pro bowl, at least he at least deserves like first team recognition because yeah. he has been unbelievable this season. You know, he comes in um, and, you know, he's not talked about a lot in the off season and he basically takes over that, that captain role on the defense. And I like, especially with no Jair or Z out there. He is really, you know, he jumped into that role so easily and so smoothly. It, you know, it felt like he had been here for the last few years. So it's really frustrating to see guys like that just not get the recognition that they deserve. And he had finally been starting to get some of that recognition and like the stats stuff and all that nonsense you see. But I mean, it's really frustrating. This is not the first time that we're upset about guys getting snubbed. And I just... I don't know. You yeah. if you're not watching Campbell, like this is I see a lot of guys, you know, Pro Bowl is a popularity thing. And exactly. It's really frustrating how true that is because you get guys like Campbell who aren't the biggest name in the league, but aren't they're still producing like they should be. Yeah. But I think I saw something where nobody in that specific position group made it. Yeah. So I saw that, but then I saw the tweet was deleted, so I'm not sure. Okay. And then I saw another tweet from a very uh, reputable source talking about Devondre not making it, saying it was pretty ridiculous. So, but as there has as been a couple said, different speculations going on yeah, out there. Yeah, but as you said, the Pro Bowl really is a popularity contest. When when you have the fans voting, I mean, no, look, we're all fans and we all want to have a say, but let's be real you know, fan bases can go and vote and vote and vote and vote and right. it's just random players, but Devondre Campbell missing it. I mean, right now he is PFS number two rated linebacker in the NFL. I mean, in terms of tackles, he is, I'm saying at linebacker tackles, he is, uh, he has 92 tackles on the year. The person, you know, Bobby Wagner's first overall at 113. So he's pretty close behind him. He's just been incredible all year. And then other alternates though, 
You have Aaron Jones as a first alternate, which is obviously well-deserved. And then Rashawn Gary, who is an alternate, who in my opinion, or a reserve, I should say, Rashawn Gary's had an incredible season. Yeah. He played through injury. I think it was a bit of a snub. Not as much as Campbell, but a bit of a snub. And then you have actually Corey Bajorquez making it as another alternate. He's been very solid this year. I think he has the number two average net yards per punt on the season. So at least guys are getting recognized. But I think the saying they always say is that, you know, players for the Pro Bowl, they'll always, their first Pro Bowl will always be a year too late. And their last Pro Bowl will always be a year too late. You know, it takes, people just look at names sometimes and just go and vote. So is what it is. Like you said, though, no Packers will be participating in this year's Pro Bowl. They'll be busy practicing for a Super Bowl at that time. And yes, Which I do think that there were a couple um, records broken with Pro Bowl stuff. I do think, you know, this is what Rogers 10th, mm-hmm. which puts him at the the Packer with the most um, number one, you know, votes in. And Devontae now has five in a row, which I think is that yeah. some kind of record I saw, or like at he least, was, you know, a streak yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, five years, yeah, five years in a row for a wide receiver is not easy. I mean, to just, number one, just be healthy for five straight years to make it to the Pro Bowl and then to have the production to go along with it. I don't have the numbers right in front of me because Devontae scores so many touchdowns. It's hard to keep track. But over the last five years, the last time I did the math, I don't think anyone was even within 10 touchdowns of him. It wasn't even close. He's just been dominant for... I mean, a half decade at this point, which to think about in that term is actually kind of crazy just to think that Devontae's yeah. been around that long. And I do think that since we're on the Devontae topic, this is what I thought you were going to transition to earlier, uh-huh. but I do think that we need to bring up, he is now second all time in mm. receiving touchdowns. He officially passed my guy, Jordy, which I can accept that it hurts, but you know, Jordy finished with the nicest number. So Devontae is at 70, Jordy at 69, and then Don Hudson obviously at 99, yeah. which I could see Devontae beating one day, depending yeah. on the, the extension that they give him, because he will get an extension. Um, it's just, you know, one of those things where it's it's insane the things that he can do. And yes, I'm a big Jordy fan, obviously, but I do want to congratulate him on moving into that number two spot. I don't have beef with guys who play on this team. I love watching them succeed, even if it does move my guy down a little bit. Uh, I think Jordy would want me to be happy for him. So I will come out here and I'll put on my brave face. (laughs) I am sure Jordy was on his farm. And when he got the notification or saw that was watching the game, I should say, was very happy to to see it. And uh, yeah, so Devante, uh, making some records. And like you said, I totally agree. We all know the cap this, cap that. It doesn't matter. Devontae Adams is the kind of player you simply don't let leave your team. Right. He's not just the best receiver in football. He's one of the best players in football in general. And you don't, and, you don't uh, want to ever have to play him. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. I mean, someone... You, you know, know that you can't beat him. So yeah. why would you let him go somewhere else? Exactly. I mean, seeing teams literally... That did you, I don't know if you saw, I think it was an NFL insider posted a clip of Rodgers and Devontae walking in the tunnel after the game. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so the Ravens had a package called 17 just to cover Devontae, where essentially they had two guys on him for a huge portion of the game. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers said to him, you know, that is basically the biggest sign of respect you can get when you have another uh, an opposing team setting up an entire formation on their defense just for you that's that's as big as it gets yeah and them two Rodgers and Adams they are now tied too for um how did they word this you know most touchdown connections by a passer catcher duo they they've tied Rodgers and Jordy who I can't remember if it was Favre and Freeman or I think it was Favre and Freeman that Rodgers and Jordy surpassed that and now uh, Devante and Rogers have tied that, so they are about to be they're about to be the most productive duo in Packers yeah. franchise history. And it's you know the fact that we can even argue 
and see like who's the best, who's the best like of this era, or who, you know, is Devontae the best receiver, is Jordy, is Jennings, like you have all these conversations with luckily Zach isn't here, so he doesn't have to try and argue anything about Jennings. Um, but no, it's like being able to have all these records and just see how great they've been and how great they still are. It's it really is a blessing that we need to kind of consider. Um yeah. like we are we really are a lucky fan base to get to watch the greatness that we do every single week. Yeah, we, we honestly are. We're, we've been spoiled and we've been spoiled for about 30 years between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and the plethora of incredible receivers to go along with it has been amazing to see. And yeah, uh, as I predicted earlier, Devontae catching Rodgers 443rd would obviously then put them at first as the most productive pass catcher duo in Packer history. So that would be a fun moment for the two of them. But uh, Jen, I've, I've made it 35 and a half minutes without, without doing this. Ooh, what a day. Okay. People also need to know we had the ugliest matchup. It was terrible. We like, I had, out of the 80s. like why Higgins had 3.3 points or Cooper, uh, not Cooper or, Cooper, Amari. but I'm going to say Cooper Cup because wrong league. Amari Cooper got me not even two points. It was like nobody was producing yeah, except for no. Aaron Rodgers. Like he's the only one on my team that I'm not making walk home. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is fair. He got you about 30 points, but just like you. So as Jen said, it really was a very ugly matchup. Uh, coming down to less than a point, 87.7 to 86.9. It does not get much closer, but to give I some I was context. so frustrated, too, because I'm really superstitious, and if I am beating someone, I will not check it because I don't want to, like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. But um, so I checked it at one point, and I was winning by maybe a point, and I was watching the game, and I didn't see Godert catch anything else. So when you're like, oh, my gosh, our matchup, I thought I had it in the bag. And I, yeah. looked and I was like, I lost by not even a point. I was so frustrated. <laughs> Stupid. I mean, the fact that I was even able to make playoffs, I guess I'll take it because my team, I don't know what happened. I don't have a bad team. They just weren't producing. I had a lot of COVID issues, hard. and it is what it is. But to lose by less than a point, I mean, so it, unbelievably yeah. frustrating. And <laughs> I was not – you know, I was complaining because I went to the dentist yesterday. So it's like my my teeth were sore. I'm losing fantasy. I was just not in a good mood. I was very crabby and irritable. So yeah, I did not need that. But I guess <laughs> congratulations. You get to at least I don't have to be the one to lose to Tom Crabtree this week. I know I am going to be playing the 11 and one Tom Crabtree uh, Hingle McCringleberry team. And uh, I am, you know, I would say I'm nervous, but I don't want to lie. I know I'm going to take him down, bring down that season. Jonathan Taylor, who if Rogers for some reason doesn't win MVP, it's going to be him. Yeah, which is it's really, really the dream for Wisconsin sports fans. Exactly, but. you're either getting a former Badger or the Packers quarterback uh, for the MVP this year. But yeah, as Jen, Jen said, I mean, just a small amount of context. It's very important to me. Just the fact, that, I mean, Jen said I thought it was over. I didn't even look until well into the until about halftime because you were up by like 20 points. And I'm like, there's no way yeah. I was I was an idiot. And I was hoping that Tyler Lockett would clear COVID. I was wondering if you were even going to take him out. Yeah. I, was, so I was like, there's no way he's just going to leave him in and hope that he. Yeah. So I played Freddie Swain, who had a tremendous one target and made me question my entire life. He had as many targets as some of my like starting number one receivers. It made absolutely no sense. How, okay, but... how Hig or not Higby, who did I say? See, now I can't even... Mari Cooper ended up with... Oh, one. Who, who's Bengals? Oh, Higgins. Higgins, there we go. Yeah. Where he had 3.3, like, right away in the game, and then they just yeah. didn't target him again. And then Nick Chubb was supposed to just steamroll everybody because the entire Browns offense is out. Didn't get me nearly yeah. what he needed to. And I'm dumb. I should have played Brandon <laughs> Cooks, who got me 25 on my bench, and Christian oh, Kirk, who got me, like, 19... But yeah, when, when I saw Cooks catching those touchdowns, I thought he was on your lineup, so I didn't even look. I was like, I'm done. I was so it's upset. Uh, but oh, how, like, in- I had Najee Harris and Alvin Kamara combined for eight points. So, as as you said, it was an ugly matchup. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I had were- hope when Kamara wasn't getting – when, 
like nobody scored a touchdown that game. I had hope. And then out of all people to ruin my hopes and dreams, you get Godert. That like, was <laughs> the Godert. Yeah. So on on the final play of the Eagles Reds, uh, ooh, ah, yeah, yeah, the Eagles Washington game. Um, for no reason at all, up by ten, the Eagles throw and Goddard catches a twenty yard pass and wins the game. Yep. Stupid. I didn't, I didn't even see it. I was I gave up, and then my brother calls me. Shout out to him for giving me the good news. And yeah, that was a great matchup. I'm very sorry. I actually, I, I felt bad because that is probably the worst way you could possibly lose, especially in the playoffs. I have but- definitely had losses where like it didn't even make sense. Like we tied, but they still like on the ESPN app, I think it is where they still pick one because they go by like a number you can't see. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah. I was so frustrated that I literally emailed somebody and they had to explain it to me why <laughs> I didn't win or why it didn't count as a tie. Well, that so, is why in, we do not use ESPN. In that, fake, in that fake league that you won't believe that <laughs> I'm in, I do have the number one seed. So in, right. in other worlds, I am good at fantasy football and I did sneak my way into my family league. So the lovely toilet seat behind me will not be with me uh, much longer. It'll go to my sister who took last. So congrats, yeah, Mallory, but, passing it Mallory, on to you. <laughs> yeah, the family toilet seat will now go on to Mallory. Yeah, and then I can cu- I can actually put something nice here. Yeah, maybe I've got other memorabilia I'd rather have than a toilet seat behind me. But yeah, that's the rules. You got to display it. So you got to do what you got to do. Uh, toilet seats for life. That's what I say. But. Uh, yeah, great matchup there, and another great matchup will be this Saturday against the Browns in Green Bay. As Aaron Rodgers said, Christmas in Green Bay, what could be better than that? And it's going to be a fun game against, much like the Ravens, I mean, a team dealing with some COVID issues, some injury issues, but they're a solid team. They've got a solid defense, a great run game, definitely no one to just look past, and it's on a bit of a shorter week. So, Jen, going into this game, what would you say is your X factor for the Packers to come out with a win in Green Bay on Christmas? My X factor, it's going to be stopping the run game because, I mean, Nick Chubb is, he's dangerous. Um, You know, luckily he helped me a little bit in fantasy, just not enough. But I think getting Kenny back, being able to secure that middle, I think that's going to be, Huge because really I don't have a lot. I mean, we could talk about special teams, but that's, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't ever want to talk about them again. Um, <laughs> but no, I really think you know Baker is a good quarterback, and hopefully he's the one playing because I I do like um, I do like watching the best of the best. And I guess speaking of which, I also need to bring up Miles Garrett. I think he also stopping him is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, you know we've got a little bit of a like our second, third string offensive line. And they've been able to hold their own, which has been awesome. Um, Rodgers did take a couple of sacks against the Ravens. And I just think if you can stop a guy like that who's having a record year, that's mm-hmm. going to be insane because Miles Garrett is – he's a force. And yeah, it's he's... terrifying. And I do not want him touching Rodgers. So yeah. I know it might be inevitable that he gets to him maybe once or twice. But I think if you can – shut him down for the most part. So shutting down Garrett and shutting down Chubb, I think those are going to be the two biggest X factors in this game. Yeah, those are definitely great, uh, great calls. And I'm going to go mostly with, with Miles Garrett. I mean, he's just, he's a freak out. He's probably, the, he's the best pass rusher in football right now. He, and it's not just that it's so hard to block him, but like, he's like, I'm just afraid to see him get near Rogers because he's just such a gigantic person. Is, is he the one that wore the Grim Reaper on yeah. Halloween with like all the Yeah and I don't think I stones in his, I in don't his think Rogers is on that list, so I don't want him to be added yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah, we know Garrett's gonna try to add him to that list, but uh look I trust uh Yash Nijman to to you know step up as he's been doing most of the year. And like you said, I mean our our we have Four backups and a rookie uh, on the on the offensive line right now, and they've been great. So we got to give them props. We got to give Adam Stenovich and Luke Butkus, the offensive line coach, props. And 
Yeah, uh, speaking of the offensive line real quick, David Bakhtiari, bit of interesting news today. They're quote-unquote unloading him as in they're not going to have him practice this week. Obviously, he will not play on Saturday, nor will Zadarius Smith either practice or play. Jair Alexander is practicing. Don't expect to see him play, but just a little injury update on those three. Once again, I, I do think at some point, even if it's at the playoffs, we'll see them back. But yeah. I would like, I would, I would really love to see them, even if it's just in week 17, or I should say week 18 now this year. You know, I just don't want their first game to be a playoff game. That's always a bit scary. Right. Um, we're going to take them when and if we could get them. Yeah, but, and I think if they can play against the Lions, that would be a great transition game. And hopefully by then, we've already locked in home field advantage. Um, yeah. I know I was talking to a coworker, you know, when you – you probably know this when you don't live where your team is, you find those people that you can uh, talk to about your team. So I have a coworker that I talked to about the Packers and we're talking about how cool it'd be, you know, if, if you could lock up the number one seed and then maybe like rest Rogers, maybe that'd be a good game for Jordan Love to come in and play. You know, wow. it's all that all that wishful thinking that it's too good to be true. I think that would yeah. be nice, but that'd be a good game for guys coming off injury to transition into. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say, though, and, and the biggest reason it would be nice to get Rodgers a week off, obviously, is because of the toe, which we're not going to get into because his toe is... Which it would actually off. be like two weeks off. Yeah. Unless, I don't know if there's a week between, but yeah. But, but I will, I have to bring up, you know, 2011... 15 and one locked up the one seed benched him versus the lions in week 17. Of course, that was the crazy Matt Flynn game, which was a right. ton of fun to watch, but I don't, I never love the idea. If you're already going to have a bye week then you add another week, you know, you don't need there to be any rust. Yeah. We have already had a hard time starting games this year. So if it was it's up to me, even if they locked it up, at least play Rodgers for like a half. Maybe. Yeah. Half. Maybe a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to like you don't want to take any risks. That's that's yeah. what um, but it would be nice to see Bakhtiari, Jair, Zadarius in some form by week 17. And uh, but before we head out, uh, Chris, I'm sorry, I did have to bring it up. It was very it was very relevant in the moment. But let's let's get to our weekly score predictions against the Browns Saturday, Christmas Day. To kick it off, Jen, how do you see this game going down? I mean, just the way that Rodgers has been talking with the media, he seems really fired up for this one. The way he was talking with Aaron Andrews in that um, post-game interview and what he was saying on Pat McAfee, I think he, I don't know, he could have like a four-touchdown day in him and maybe even run one in because why not? Because it's you know, Lambeau Field, which is iconic, as he said. And, you know, it's it's a December game. It's Christmas. It's at home. There's records to be broken. There's just a fire in his soul. You can see it. So I guess, you know, based on what I just said and not being able to do math, the the score that was (laughs) popping into my head was 31-17. But I would love to see a 40-burger for Christmas. So that would be just an extra little – treat but 31 17 is going to be my prediction um i'm with you on on that i think just rogers's attitude and just the way he seems he just seems so happy and just every with everyone around him and just loving the team and you know that uh the conversation he had before those final kneel downs talking to the team saying how cool it is and how important it is you know three three years in a row nfc north champions Take that, you know, it means something. And we didn't even touch on that. Yeah, we didn't even touch. I know. So three, happy. three seasons in a row. Exactly. Three seasons in a row. Division they, they don't hang banners for it, so no. we're not going to sit here and talk about it too much. They only do that in Minnesota because they've got nothing else to hang. But, uh, yep. yeah, for me, I, much like you, expect a big game out of Rodgers. I'm going to go 38 to 20 Packers. Um, I think this will be a high-scoring game for the Packers. The weather could play a factor, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm very confident heading into this game, and I think everyone would love a nice Packer 40-burger 
Christmas present. I mean, nothing, nothing beats that. And uh, yeah, so that does it for this week's show. Everyone, as we head into the holidays and New Year's, just want to wish everyone a happy holidays and a great new year. And we will see you. Will we be back? We'll be back before New Year's, right? Yes. Look who pops in. Wow. Wow. The bozo himself. Bark, bark. Show up. Yep. He's just getting ready for Mercedes to catch that record breaking touchdown. We will be barking with you, Zach. And you know, I wasn't I'm not gonna lie, I was I was kind of hoping slash expecting maybe a short cameo from Zach. I jumped in, you know, a few weeks ago from a plane looking like the Grim Reaper, very scary situation. That was terrifying. <laughs> no, so I was hoping Zach would have done the same, but but no, we um, will we do have a show next week before New Year's. And if things are still on schedule, it'll be a very special episode because we will be having a very special guest on with us. That is so very true. Everyone you'll definitely knows. want to be here. I hope that that's still a thing. Yeah. I'll have to touch base with this person. This but. person. I like I like the, the vagueness. But yeah, everyone, we could be in for a very special episode next week. And before we head out, once again, check out Camp Eche Collective, Open Book Merch, Game on Wisconsin Merch, Packers Merch. I mean, just great stuff. And as well, uh, make sure to check out Jen on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. And as you saw the Barker uh, in the comments, Zach, he may not have been with us in person, but he's always with us in spirit. Uh, so make sure to check out Zach on Twitter at it's J and myself at Book of Eli underscore NFL. And as you see at the bottom of the screen, Make sure to follow Game on Wisconsin on Twitter at Game on WI and subscribe on YouTube at Game on Wisconsin. And just before we head out, everyone, make sure to check out this Freezer podcast ad. goes every Monday on Game on Wisconsin, a great show with a great crew. And we will see you next week at 12 and 3. Happy holidays, everyone, and we will see you soon. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sanjay from the Fuser Podcast. With me is Fred and Matt, and we are always here on Mondays at 7 p.m., right before Monday Night Football. So come check us out. You never know what we're going to bring on the show. But, hey, you know what? You have to check us out from 7 to 8 because, you know what? i got to put my kid down right after. So join us 7 p.m. And definitely check us out because we're fun stuff. So, oh, my. What the fuck is fun stuff? What? Oh my god! Hey, watch us because you get to see him. You're getting kind of Michael. Protect the neck, dude. Jesus! I know. (laughs) Michael Jackson over here. Hang him over the blanket. I can't. Hold on. That's weird. We just now we have a baby all of a sudden. Just do it. That's the best part about it. He's got a baby. Like, what the hell's going on here? Poopy. Hey, what's up, guys? It's (laughs) that was you. That was you. <laughs> what you think, Fred? All right, Fred. <laughs> like, dude, you're an idiot. I'm doing very well, Jen. It's definitely me and you, or Eli and Zach, gonna pop in. Yeah, they'll talk every once in a while. He was already uh, <laughs> right away. It kind of well, we're used to you atta- attacking us, so yeah. Sorry. Look at <laughs> Let's just put it this way: Who do you see as the quarterback week one for the Green Bay Packers? I see.